we're back for another exciting episode of The Spicy Life. I am your host, Spicy Mari, and joined with me, as always, is the beautiful and lovely Dr. Ali. Hey! And today in the G-Spot, we have a special episode for you. Give it up, give it up. We have Magali Renee in the building. Hello, everybody. So excited. You guys are going <laughs> to love today's episode because we're helping you with transitions. We're going to give you all the signs that your life is ready for a huge change and transition, whether it's career, love, family, friends, whatever that thing may be that's just like calling and knocking at you, we got Magali to help you with that. And um, there's several ways to pronounce her name, okay? So in, in Spanish, it's Magali, <laughs> but then in English, it's, it's Magali. Magali, and okay. And in French, it's Magali, <laughs> like, so oh. you can decide however you want to call her. What is her? it in uh, Portuguese? Oh, who knows? Okay. Let's <laughs> <laughs> keep it simple. Three languages is enough. So uh, Magali is a best-selling author, speaker, and business strategist. Her coaching practice applies a unique blend of growth, mindset, spirituality, neuroscience, and brand messaging to help clients overcome fears and successfully design their life's work. She has worked with the companies like, you know, Heineken, HGTV, Kaiser Permanente, Fidelity Investments. I mean, these are like pretty big clients that you've had. And, you know, she's also been in marketing, public relations, and brand ideation. And Magali has also firsthand knowledge of what it takes to career transition as she successfully facilitated her own in 2013, launching her interior design company, Consciously Design, and writing best-selling books such as Kids Smart Spaces, Decorating a Classroom That Changes Lives. And Magali is a contributor to Mind Body Green and has been featured in Dr. Oz's The Good Life Magazine, Good Housekeeping Magazine, and Designed Sponge. When she's not facilitating corporate brand ideations or speaking about finding your shine, career boldness, and the pursuit of meaningful work, you can find her on a walk in her Los Angeles neighborhood on West Hollywood with her dog, Prince. Okay. Can we That's talk about how a lot of accolades? I, I think we were secretly separated at birth. These are all the things I love doing. I literally decorate clients' offices and spaces and everything. And I used to have a dog named Prince. No, you did not. Literally, what? Prince Chipper the Third. Oh my god. Yeah, Prince. We got, kin saying, we got kindred spirits over I, here. I think what we might have been. I think we might have been. I've always felt a void in my life. And I think you need a sister. I think you need a twin. I always wanted a twin. We got some kindred spirits over here. See, this is the twin spicy blend. life is all about it. connections. That's it. We match you no matter what. So good. So we always warm up our guests with the spicy dish. This is uh, to, you know, kind of get you warmed up, but also for you know you to get in on the conversation about what's going on in crazy ass pop culture but uh one you know particular person who's infamous for uh running amok but also uh, <laughs> but also like creating this like reality world yeah. she's like a classy muck. she's an heiress she runs a classy, she's heiress, a classy heiress that's it paris hilton pole dances her way into 38th year as she celebrates birthday that's with it. kim kardashian now dr ali sent me this link and i'm like wait well Pole dancing is no. a very healthy, active sport. It is, but I mean, <laughs> I, I literally, like, literally, there's nothing else to send because everything else is so sad and depressing. I right know now. you like to send me uplifting stuff because you know I want to like smile. You want the uplifting <laughs> stuff. I'm willing to make those deep dives, y'all. This week has been stressful, and I couldn't do it. Mm -hmm. I just wanted a little bit of Paris Hilton po pole dancing. I just wanted her <laughs> stripping on the pole. She was covered in glitter. Her Look, whole outfit. I support it. I support right. it. What better Loved way it. to go into what better way to go into your 38th year than pole dancing? Right. You're never too old for that. You like know. you're getting sexier and sexier, fine wine and all that. I'm here for I it. I support it. Yeah, I've done birthday parties before that were like pole dancing birthday parties mm -hmm. where we had like champagne and we all got to follow the instructor. And I was like, this ish is hard. Like, yeah. I don't know how these girls got so skillful. Yeah, I, I can't I, believe what it takes. Just those thighs. I took a pole class. I actually regularly, when I lived in Long Beach, there was a pole studio down the street. And so that was like my workout. And I, I loved it. I loved it. I would love to get back into it because, you know, I was a gymnast when I was a kid. And so there is a tiny piece of me that misses flipping around mm -hmm. and doing all that stuff that you can't just do in your apartment. And so, yeah, it was legit. I recommend it for everyone. Look, I don't think I have that kind of core strength. I can't lie. <laughs> You'd be surprised. I don't have core strength either. Are sore afterwards. It's upper body strength that you need. I mean, let me find out you got a pole in your room with um, Aaron. I want one. Down. I want one. <laughs> now that we have a new space, we could probably put a pole somewhere. Well, her bestie Kim was there to support. Uh, she made fun of her because her birthday was actually like three weeks ago. So she was just celebrating like right now. So, you know, those yeah. birthday girls that are like super extra that... Oh, yeah, Make their birthday month. like an me, entire month. Me, yeah. I'm a Leo. I'm a Leo. <laughs> oh, there we go. There it's we a go. birthday month. 
it's a birthday year. My birthday is every day. Every, every, every day. Every day. But I thought they were on the outs, Paris Hilton and, and Kim Kardashian. Apparently, they have rekindled, you know, their love for each other because she was, you know, definitely, she, like, posted something um, with the little hearts and a picture of them together, so. I mean, you know, all relationships kind of, they, they yeah. ebb and flow, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So I used to think relationships just went, it was a straight line. Either it's going up and it's a good relationship or it's going straight down and, and that's it. We're dead. Like we're you're yeah. dead to me, right? Really dramatic. And <laughs> you're dead to me. You're I curse the day you right? were born. Exactly. There's more shades. But yeah, there yeah. are more shades to it, and I'm learning as I get older. Right? I'm yeah. in my early forties. Yes. So I'm learning that these relationships, the best ones, last a long time, and they ebb and flow. Yeah. And that's sometimes okay. you got to take a break from each other. That's yeah. It. You need to kind of go apart, have your own space, and then. Remember yeah. why you like the person in the first place. And then you throw media in there and reality TV shows. And sometimes you have to construct a little bit of drama. <laughs> you have, <laughs> to, make sure, you have to make sure your life is interesting. So, you know, they maybe, maybe part of, you don't know what the beef is really about. I have no idea. <laughs> so, true. so maybe they've really secretly that, been friends this whole time. Hilarious. Because I knows? feel like there's some truth to that. You, don't know. you just never know yeah. anymore. Yeah. Um, the other drama going on right now is uh, Lori Laughlin's daughter, <laughs> in addition to the other parents that are caught up in this college admission scandal let me tell you Ugh, let me I tell you even. let me tell you i don't even know how to formulate a thought so ladies this, please go we, in on this yeah one. this this rubs me in all the wrong ways like first of all first of all we all knew that this has been happening since the beginning of time i think it's been a, like a very like you classic mean, rich trope. people buying their way yeah. into life <laughs> it's always been a classic trope that like you just get a, a university like a dorm named after your family yeah. they yeah. pay a million dollars and now you're in school but i guess a part of the situation is that it's too much money to build buildings now right and so people <laughs> is there another option what's option b you know what I'm saying? She's basically made... lying about everything to everything. do with your child to get them in. which is amazing to me because I'll, but it is re re like very reinforcing because me and my husband do not have kids but we do want them one day and we were like we were gonna make them rowers my whole plan was to have them on crew and now i'm like i was right now you can just photoshop their wow. head in crew's the answer they're <laughs> wow. actually gonna do it oh no they are actually oh they are so doing it like they get no chances no choices they're they're rowing crew I just feel like um, I understand the love that a parent has. So I understand going to extreme measures for your child. If you guys haven't seen the movie Searching on Netflix, um, or is it on Amazon? Or is it on Hulu? Uh, make sure you guys have look up three, Searching. So it's, on some, it yeah. it's on one of those, but it it's shows somewhere. the extremity that we that parents will go to to like protect and provide for their mm. children. And so because my level of love is on crazy, I can see why the parents thought that what they were doing was for the best interest of the child. However, there was a moral conflict and a moral compass that they just were like off the scale, yeah. like completely just forgot about us poor people that actually like but bust our ass to get into college and can't afford the luxuries that these scholarships were taken away from us to be provided for them. about regular people? Like it's not even about poor people. Well, like I take it more personal. People <laughs> just... All regular people that aren't multimillionaires True. do work to get into school. Yeah. yeah. But I think my, on even another level, I think they even screwed their own kids because, you know, a lot of these kids didn't know. I think some of them absolutely knew what was going yeah, on. That's pretty awful. But some of them didn't, and they thought that they just got, you know, a 1400 on their SATs, and now the entire world knows. They got a 1,000. First off, you know what if saying? you, you know whether you're good at standardized tests or whether you're Can smart you or I not think, smart. But I think this is it, is that when you're so privileged, knew. when you're so privileged that you get everything that you've ever wanted, you don't, I don't think you realize that you're not good at things sometimes. I think you really think that the things that aren't, you aren't good at is somebody else's fault. That's how we tend to process I can see the that. world. I can we see tend that. to say like, oh, if I didn't do good at something, oh, it was the 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 referee. He yeah. was unfair yeah, to me. Yeah, they're privileged or and entitled. It was, you know what I'm saying? And so the entitlement, I think, really gives you the impression that you actually do do better. And so now the whole world knows that you're actually not that good. So there's no way you can blame people because your parents lied and cheated and stealed to make sure that your grades look different than they actually were. They put your picture on things that you actually weren't doing and and so i feel i do feel bad for these kids like those two um uh, laughlin's daughters ended up they, they left usc i know and so it's the right thing to do awful. for your kids to still drop out <laughs> still drop out which i think was the right thing to do because i personally think all these kids should have to leave school and reapply and get in on their own merit so that their scholarships can go to students who Deserve actually it. would yeah. have been able to get in with their hard you know with the hard work that they offered and so i don't think they should be like expelled forever but they should be able to they should get in on their own merit and because it feels good to do that anyways i don't necessarily think that they should drop out 
I think education, they still should be taking, so I know this sounds horrible, but I know that if they drop out, they're not going to go back. You don't think so? Yeah, and I see that. because at the end of the day, they are so reliant on their parents for every opportunity. Here is the one time that yes, privilege was granted to you, but now you're gonna even fail at that. Like I just yeah. consider you a quitter all it's around. Sad. And so you were handed something that you didn't deserve. And then you quit that out of embarrassment, not because of anything of, of else other than like, well, I didn't really want to be here anyways. And now people aren't really fooling with me. Like yeah. these, these are girls who were influencers and created part of their brand around um, being in college and in the dorm room. Oh. Like Amazon was like endorsing them. They were getting all kinds of like teeth whitening. Oh, yeah. like, they were yeah. doing all kinds of promotions. Got she got dropped by Sephora. Uh, how do you get dropped by Sephora? Because well, her mom got dropped by Lifetime. Her mom got dropped by Lifetime. You know, it's because what, come, what comes up to it is add dollars. Companies don't want to be attached to people that have like bad reps right now. You know, and, yeah. and so unfortunately, you know, because I do have a lot of empathy, you know, I mean, because whatever these kids knew or didn't know, your parents set your moral compass. They're the ones who teach you what's okay and what's mm -hmm. not okay. Absolutely. And they were saying, I have the money. It's okay. This is fine. And so how do these, you know, these girls, you know, going into college, how old are you? 17, 18? Like, you don't really know how the world works, right. especially when you've been wrapped up in it your whole time. So I don't really blame the kids as much. Clearly, it's like, I don't play water polo. You know, it's like, <laughs> I, like mom, like, but you're putting my, you're, you're telling me to put on an outfit, a water polo outfit. Mom, and pretend, why am I wearing oh, yeah, a ballerina I think, suit? I think they were complicit in it in some to way, some shape or form. Yeah. And certainly I think it shows integrity for them to, to decide to leave. Yes. And it's a choice point. Wait, it's you like think it shows integrity? Absolutely. But if you didn't get in on your own merit, then what are you doing there? You're actually else. taking up a spot that is you didn't earn. They publicly and said it was because they were embarrassed. They said they were, they were scared bullied. that they were getting bullied. They did not but say anything about Even so, the integrity. I think, so I'm going to say that I think it does show integrity and maybe they chickened out and succumbed to the pressure. But who might not? Like I have empathy and compassion for them. Mm. I feel like... That's a lot to deal with. Your parents lied. You're blaming yourself for what, however, however much you were complicit in it. And then on top of that, you've got bullies and the world is watching The world you. knows you didn't cut the mustard. Yeah. And, and then now your parents yeah. are going to jail. Oof. Like, can we talk about both of your parents have been taken into custody and had to bail themselves out because of you getting into college? I would feel horrible. I do think it's also a choice point. So sometimes it serves to retreat and take a moment to kind of re return to yourself and figure out what that next powerful step is gonna be. You know that that's what this episode is gonna be about. Mm -hmm. um, but I also think you're at an age where it is about the choices that you make. So it's horrible and awful that this is going down, but also perfect timing, yeah. right? They're 18, 19, maybe going into their early 20s. Mm -hmm. This is the point in time where your parents, doesn't matter what happened to you, sadly, Ultimately, you have the power to yep. make a choice and to, to decide control. how you're going to live your life from here forward. They can always re-enter another school. That's, That's an option too. They can if always the schools will accept the school them. Accepts I don't them. even know if that would somebody happen. Somebody will but if accept you them. Community college somebody. is available That's, to all. They're not going. To I that. went to a university in the south, <laughs> which shall saying. not be named, and I'm sure they would accept them all. If the school all. wasn't kicking hey. them out, if the school wasn't kicking them out, because that's who should have really kicked them out to show um, to send a message and have integrity. The school should yeah, have dismissed really them. But if the school did not dismiss them, mm -hmm. I feel like, yeah, you guys feel horrible for what has been done. But you're going to feel even more horrible that your parent is sitting up in jail and you didn't even fulfill what all this was for to begin with mm. by you dropping out. I'm sorry. I feel like this is the time where you need to be strong and actually show that and complete your education for them. Like this is you only went for your mom. So finish for your mom because she's going to be sitting up in jail. She's lost every Ooh. single thing that she has worked hard for in life, thinking that she was giving her child an easier and better life. She didn't go about it correctly. Yeah. But the last thing that you're going to do now is only end up this, you know, Rudy Pooh like failure that doesn't accomplish the, the, the end of the game goal. Get your freaking degree. Just finish. Just ride those two yeah, years out. How, how close were they? I Two don't years know. Out, year and a half. But regardless, the USC didn't kick you out. Finish your damn degree, yeah, but and then like give the money for the scholarships back. Yeah, like maybe that would have shown more. You know what? We did steal. I'm paying for this other person's degree, and here is my lump sum See, to the university. And that's what I like. I'm I'm really getting into this whole more, like more creative um, uh, penalizing because I think instead of just throwing people in jail, like these people don't need to necessarily be in jail. They're not like dangerous people. 
that like society. I'm not afraid to walk of. by them. On the I'm street, not. You yeah. know, saying like I'm not scared of walking past them that they will cheat me and steal from me. But I think that what needs to happen is they need to be paying retribution. You can't pay retribution if you're sitting in jail making 25 cents a day. They need to be paying Look, for five They need to be paying for people's scholarships. Yes. Like that's a story. great. That's a great way to put it. Another another option though, and another perspective mm-hmm. is. Equal playing field. Jesse Smollett lied too. Right. Sure did. Right. Okay. I also go to jail. <laughs> I also <laughs> to go to jail. I will say I also don't necessarily I'm not think defending he needs to go to jail. I don't think he should go to jail. I, don't I, don't I think he needs to be paying, paying his retribution as well. Who does he need to be paying back? The people of Chicago. He made y'all city look crazy. <laughs> I think. <laughs> I think there. He he needs to be paying somebody back. But I just think we need to be more creative about this. I feel like you lock people up when they're yeah, dangerous overall, and scary. Overall, yeah, more more innovation like, around like how we, do yeah. people get to pay. For for what they it did, did actually pay for and it. still be a, a helpful to society. Yeah, right. because you're gonna get out in two years anyway. Community service yeah. for a year. Now he has to speak at every single school in the United States about like bullying or <laughs> violence. Lies. Like there needs to be something else other than just lock like them up exactly. like, and put them in a cage. And that's what I'm saying because you lock people up and you put them in a cage and you put you create a scenario where now they're institutionalized. You create traumatized people. So we're literally taking people who aren't traumatized, traumatizing them, and then unleashing them on the street. Right. And making us now in dangerous situations now, with people who weren't dangerous. You know what they are in there to survive? Exactly. The things you got to do to survive in there. You know, so I, I just really think this, it's just time for a lot of shifts in the way that we allow people into universities, in, in the way that we police, in the way that we incarcerate. Like, they're just, it's a time all when I think we need to go back to empathy. Yeah. yeah. All of our institutions, empathy and logic. You know, it's really time to, to, to start thinking better, thinking more, understanding. Also, there's a number of studies that show that your grade, your um, under your high school grades and your standardized testing scores do not reflect how well you will do in college. They do not. I people, agree with that. People score super 100%. high and some of them do not do well in school. Some people score really low and do fabulous in school. They are not a, a, a perfect indicator of how well you'll, you'll actually perform. So I think it, we really need to be rethinking how we let people into universities and how we go about making sure that we can have like a, a diverse swath of people, not just ethnically diverse, but culturally diverse and mm-hmm. financially diverse and religion-wise, you know, diversity in, in a number of different areas, um, abilities, physical abilities. You know, we, we, we need to really be thinking about the future and how we need to have multiple types of people with great educations to be able to make, a, I mean, we got it. We got a crisis, y'all. We might not be able to breathe oxygen in another 20 years. Yeah. <laughs> like, we got to figure this out. <laughs> I want all the smart kids in school, even the dumb kids. Let them all go to school. Can I want somebody them all to pay, learn. Can somebody pay back my <laughs> tuition to, uh, I mean, my freaking uh, student loans at Navient? Because <laughs> they're coming for me. They're, it's like 100K. I'm not even going to talk about loans. I would forgive. <laughs> I want them to forget I exist. <laughs> I would forgive a, a lot of these criminals <laughs> if they could just like pay back these student loans for me. Right. I want you guys to see the shot caller though on Netflix. Um, it talks about, like, it just goes into what happens to someone when they become institutionalized. And it's starring the guy from um, uh, Game of Thrones, Jamie Lannister. His real name is uh, Nicolaj Coster Waldo. Oh. But I want you guys to watch this movie because it was so interesting. Like, it was actually scary, the process of what happens. This normal, you know, nine to five guy, nice guy goes in and comes out a monster. Me too. So please watch it. It's good. Yeah, we need to, we need to be thinking about that kind of stuff. Yeah. We need, I've, Other I've, thing um, mm. that is Ugh. going on, I know, and I, now we have to talk about something sad really quick Even on our sadder. last part of Spicy Dish is um, the Christchurch terrorist attack. Oh, it's so awful. Uh, yeah, and there's another terrorist attack today in uh, oh, Utrecht. Dang it, Allie. In Europe. I know. Like I'm blaming you. It's, I know. It's my fault. <laughs> For the clearly. violence. I know all the sadness. <laughs> It's just, it's like, you know, we're in a, we're in an overwhelming space. And so for also for anyone listening, if you're feeling particularly triggered or overwhelmed by a lot of the things that are happening in society, figure out ways to find your own balance. What makes sense to you? Do you avoid news? Do you hang out with your friends? Like take care of yourself because we're living um, like embedded in a time when we have a lot of access to a lot of information about people that we now care about, but we can't help. And so that can lead to feelings of learned helplessness. And so just take care of yourself. All right, now we can go back. That was my PSA. No, I yeah. appreciate that. For those of people, not everybody knows maybe what is going on, yeah. but there were, were people who were, you know, gunned down yeah. in this um, church. And it was like what, 50, a mosque in mo- New Zealand. Yeah, a mosque in New Zealand. It was like 50 people mm-hmm. that have been killed. killed. Mm-hmm. Um, and 40 because some of the people who were killed were killed, passed away at the hospital. So I'm not sure the number of injured. The exact number, I think yeah. maybe the number of injured is probably around 46, 47 now. And you know, I hate talking about like this horrific stuff, but yeah. it's also just a um, educational opportunity for us to like, you know, 
like what Ali said about just, you know, if you need anything, like speak to someone, like also the, the influence, like we don't know who to blame yet. So let's not blame any particular thing. There's a lot of things that we can say, like why it, you know, it happens, but, um, just be mindful and compassionate to people who may be, you know, suffering from this. Or if you're somebody who's, you know, struggling with what to do and you're depressed instead of taking it out on yourself or other people, you know, talk to someone, get help. Um, the other component is is like just spread love not spread hate because <laughs> yeah. clearly this person who went through this was going through something he was going through something he might have needed even a life coach um before he opened oh up beautiful segue beautiful beautiful and you won't wonder why she's <laughs> as talented as she is <laughs> while we're on the topic of those people who are fortunate enough to offer their services yes. and help you. Yes. <laughs> Magali. <laughs> yes, I'm here. Oh, I'm you, I'm trying to shift are, out of the sadness around the that light. topic. You are the light in the darkness. Um uh please tell us. Oops, I keep spitting. Um <laughs> Well, luckily they can't see it. I'm so sure it's okay. I'm sure I hope they can't hear it. Can you guys hear it? Is that no? Okay. I over enunciate the words that I say. Uh, finding your shine. I went to an event of yours. We've had a couple guests on here for, actually from your event and uh, your, this entire like empire that you have built around, you know, finding your shine. Um, you've had an incredible journey to even finding your shine. But for those who don't know, what the heck is finding your shine? So first, I'm so excited. I do know that I know that you had one person that is was here that you met at the event. I also and had one had, of the um, the sex uh, yes, expert. And then, yes, beautiful. And then I, we've had um, Amber, Amber J. Jay, come on. Yeah. So that's finding your shine is so many things. One of the things that makes me most happy about having created this is the vision that I had to connect people, not just women, but certainly the majority of my. Uh, audience are women, but the idea that we all have gifts within us. We have talents, we have skilled, we have skills, we have gifts, whether learned or uh, innate, right? Like that we were born with. How can we bring those things out into the world? How do they actually connect us? Mm -hmm. How can we create connection and collaboration from that? Basically, yeah. all of the wonderful things that you can bring into your life that you already have in your life is because of your inner shine, mm. right? And <laughs> my chop mm. is because <laughs> of your inner shine. And truly, it's the light that's within you. It's what are all those wonderful things about yourself that you can bring out more and more every day in a multitude of ways certainly and primarily from what I do, it's about career and it's about your work, right? Yeah. Your, the spirit of your work. Um, but once you bring those things out and there's a lot of fear, I think that blocks people. Mm. Um, and finding your shine is about really moving through those fears, learning tools that you can use to conquer those things day to day so you can bring out that gift yep. and be the light in this world. That's really what it's about. Mm. Love, love, love. And Dr. Ali and I are always here for that. Like, this is why we even hold the podcast. We know every single person can't get a coach right now or can't even, you know, afford to have maybe that accountability partner, like right in their, you know, back corner. But when we have this podcast, we're able to give you valuable information from experts that you may never, you know, come across or have access to. Mm -hmm. And we're able to kind of spread the gospel or, you know, even in your words, the shine, um, you know, with this information that empowers folks. And so, you know, we appreciate you being on the show, but um, can you go and give a little bit of detail on, you know, how does, how does, when someone's light is dim, how do they find their shine? They're in this place of maybe depression. Um, I don't really know what I want to do with my life. I don't even know if I'm walking in my purpose. What's the first step that you would say, you know what, do this. Um, it's so funny. I was talking to my COO today about rituals and really creating, giving people, offering them like a how, like how to's. So this is the perfect, just You're gonna synchronicity practice here. You're gonna practice that here. I have to do this today. <laughs> so I'd say like the first step is to go inward, right? The first step is to separate yourself from the noise. So there's a lot of chatter that happens both externally so we're on Instagram we're on social media we're on we're watching Netflix and Hulu and all of the things um, and we're we're inundated with information and I think that that can really cause a lot of confusion yeah so 
you know, society's telling you something, your parents might be telling you something, your spouse might be giving you pressure, you may be feeling pressure from your friends and kind of comparing yourself to what they're doing in their life. Yeah. Comparison's a big one for people. Oh, for sure. Oh my gosh, yeah. So uh, certainly it was a really, uh, really big influence on me, feeling like I was comparing myself to the paths that other people had taken, a lot of investment bankers and very high level uh, C-suite friends yeah. and feeling like, where do I fit into that? Because that's not me, yeah. right? I'm not a corporate person, even though I worked in corporate for so long. So I think the first step is to go inward. So really start, giving yourself the space somehow, some way. Maybe that's a weekend. Maybe it's a couple of hours per day where you're shutting everything out and sitting with yourself. You can do that and I'll give you the advice of doing that in one of two ways. Actually, one of three ways. Meditating, praying if you're a religious person, or journaling. One of those three things, really take some time, separate yourself from the noise and go inward and then you get to face the loudest voice, which is the <laughs> inner voice, right? So all the noise that's in your own head. And sometimes it's not about cutting through that noise, it's about listening to it. What are the things that it's saying? Like I remember when I had, I had like a mini breakdown, y'all, no lie, it only lasted a day, but that's not the point. No, no. <laughs> was, that could have been an intense ass day. All, it was a crazy those. day. My husband was gonna come home from work. Like I was just in a complete meltdown. I was yeah. walking to work and just started bawling, you bawling. I get to the train station and I'm like, I cannot go to work like this. Mm -hmm. No mm -hmm. idea why I was so upset, why I was so depressed. And I turned around, called out, went home, and I just laid in bed and cried hours past. And I was crying for hours. And then I'm like, okay, listen to what's, what's in your head. Mm -hmm. Like a voice, I could hear a voice say to me, my own voice, say, listen to what's happening in your head. And I could hear all of a sudden this voice got louder and louder. And it was, is this it? So I was asking myself the question for hours and it's so much noise in my head yeah. that I couldn't even pay attention to that one question, mm -hmm. which was repeating over and over. Is this it? Is this it? Is this it? So really being with yourself, giving yourself the room to listen to the voices will actually lead you in the right direction. So you're going to know, okay, what am I afraid of? What am I frustrated about? What am I not doing that I really want to do? See, and I think that's one thing that people are so afraid of. I was even just talking to somebody earlier today about that, about how in order to get through something, you have to confront it. Yep. And the more you avoid it, the bigger it may grow, or if anything, it just, it's, it's ignored. It doesn't go away. And how our emotions are very, you know, they, they're, they're, they come in and out like waves. Mm -hmm. They're not permanent. So you, you may be cried for, you know, Six hours, four hours, five hours, but you stopped crying. Right. Eventually, I you're not crying did. now. It's certainly not. <laughs> <laughs> not at this very moment. Not at this very moment. I mean, in five minutes, no one can guarantee anything. No one anything. knows what's gonna happen. But. I've been on edge too. I may break out into tears. We may I all know. start crying. Okay, in five we days. may cry on this show. We might. It's been a crazy week. But you know what I'm saying? But it's like it's no also matter Mercury what, retrograde side. I attribute for that. Those I literally who are into astrology. cannot even speak on how retrograde Mercury is right now in my personal life. <laughs> we almost need and to have uh, Astrofashionista come right in. Now. Huh? What'd you say? We need to have Astrofashionista come in to speak on Mercury yes. retrograde oh, and yes. what's going on. It's, no, I need her to shut it down. We're going to have an emergency podcast session, extra one this week, so yes. that we can have yes. her speak on it. Can she like cast? So can she serious. do something though? Can she do something about it? That's what I need to know. There may be a ritual can dance or something. something. I don't know. You know what's funny is the is the same thing that you would do, quote unquote, in Mercury retrograde is the exact same. It's the same principle on what you can do when you're going through a transition. Speak mm. on it. Okay. What does um, that look like? So yeah, what it looks like is going inward. What it looks like is when we talk about retrograde, I like to think about that re, reassess, mm -hmm. reinvent, regenerate, re, all the re's, right? The like re's. rejuvenate. Even re, re, just yeah. re, 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 listen re, to a lot right? of Rihanna. <laughs> all the I recommend lots of Rihanna. Yeah, lots of Rihanna. <laughs> Whatever it is that makes you feel good, but it's really a time to go inward, to take, to have a lot of self-care, a lot of compassion for yourself. Mm -hmm acceptance, right? Like self-acceptance. It's okay to be where you are at this very moment. And I think that's a hard pill to swallow for mm -hmm. people who are living their life and wanting and striving and just desiring to be somewhere else. 
than where they are. Majority of people want to be anywhere else than where they are. Everyone's always, to your point earlier about this comparison, um, the social comparison and the exposure now that we have outside of just our little, you know, neighborhood or our street corner. Now we have access to so many other people that we can't be satisfied with what we have because we know so much more exists. Yep. So it's almost like, you know, uh, what are the, what's the saying that they say about ignorance is bliss? I don't necessarily agree with that because I think that there's power in education and which is why I actually am pro social media. However, I don't think that a lot of people are equipped to handle the elements or the backlash that happens with social comparison because yeah. they're not mentally strong well, for example, or in the best place. The United States is one of the least happy countries in the world. And it's not because wealth makes you happy or wealth makes you unhappy, but it's because we're constantly comparing ourselves to people that we have access to. And they've shown that the happiest countries are countries that don't really attach money to personal value. Mm. And in the United States, we have more than a social, we're more than a capitalistic financial structure. We're a capitalistic social structure as well, where your personal value is based on how much money you make. Yeah. Right. Yep. Which is, I think, very unfortunate, but very legit. It's what happens. And I think, and I think that's where we've kind of gone wrong is that we think wealthy people are somehow better. This is so powerful. I've never even heard of that capitalistic social structure. Oh, for that sure. That is yeah. a huge. And it's so true. Yeah. So um, to that, to your point, you got to go. So back to the acceptance, mm -hmm. I'd say you got to go through it to get onto the other side of it. So that's the first thing. You cannot get to where you want to go if you haven't actually taken the time to sit with yourself yeah. where you are to assess where you do want to go. Mm -hmm. And it may be to this comparison point that you don't even, that where you think you wanna go isn't actually where you wanna go. Yeah. Which is what happens when yep. people are in comparison. They're comparing themselves and so they're building, I'm gonna speak from me, from I, I was building my life based on someone else's version of what success looked like. Mm, there you go. Mm, speak and on it's that. it's only what you can okay. see, too. Hello. It's only what you can see, yeah. Like, speaking on that, I ended up on a train station on the way to work <laughs> in a breakdown. <laughs> Crying your eyes out. <laughs> Crying my eyes out. Oh. Because I was building my life and actually work walking this path, like, successfully, someone else's path. So, was this, and I want you to get, I'm gonna, I told you I was gonna challenge you to dig a little bit deeper before we started the show. I'm gonna get personal now. Was this the person that you were in relationship with? He had an idea of what success was, or was this like a friend? Who was this person that you were building your level of success based on someone else? I think honestly, it was first and foremost me. I had attached a lot of value to a very specific way that success looks. It looks like climbing the ladder within a corporate structure and having a really powerful title. That's what success meant to me. And that was the only view and understanding I had of it coming from my parents who were, you know, I'm a first generation uh, American, so I'm Haitian American. And my parents were all about be a doctor, be a lawyer. If you're like not a success, you're a nurse. Like seriously. <laughs> okay. That was their perspective, I right? relate to so many of my Asian friends because it's the same concept. Mm -hmm. So I only had that understanding of what success could look like. And then, so we'll get into the relationship stuff. It's a little, it's a little more of we a- We know that's another tangent, yeah. story. Uh -oh. So when we get there, uh -oh. I'll explain how this all, how it all worked out. But in any case, um, my husband initially was very, very supportive. He was like, what's going on? Maybe you should go back to school for interior design because I had actually, I was working in, in a philanthropy and doing corporate communications. Mm. That was my lane for 13 years. So, but I was a secret, you know, uh, what is it? A uh, uh, in the closet designer and a secret and creative, creative. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and in the closet creative, in the closet entrepreneur, exactly. Like that. Closet creative, closet creative. I was totally a closet creative. He's like, maybe you should go back to school, which I eventually did, uh, for interior design and just pursue that. But I was also thinking at the time, I don't want to start back at square one. So on top of having this comparison conversation, I also had an ego conversation mm. that if I go back to school, that I'm starting that over. That means struggle. Yeah. And mm -hmm. that means yeah. struggle and challenge. And I'm not about that life in yep. my mid 30s. Like I was just not having it. And what's the alternative? So that's the question that I invite you to ask yourself is what is the alternative mm -hmm. to whatever this challenge or struggle would be for you to actually go your own way? Yeah. To actually live your version of a successful life. What's the alternative? 
The alternative is depression. The alternative is living in comparison. The alternative is being dissatisfied and unfulfilled in your life. And that reverberates to other areas of your life. So it all pours yeah, over. Absolutely, We call it generalization. It's like you have one, an issue in one specific area. And then if you don't address it, it can generalize into other areas. Yep. Absolutely. And it's something that so you, when you when you notice and identify a problem, like you said, after turning inward, so you've taken that time to notice and identify, then it's about like tackling. What do I do now? How do I deal with this? How do I feel? And your brain is really good at coming up with solutions when you present it with a question that is worded in the right way. I hear neuroscience in there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm a neuroscience nerd. I love oh, yeah. it. And it's oh, yeah. so true. That's your it. brain, if you're saying, I don't know what to do, I don't know what to do, your brain is not going Doesn't to be to in a creative either. space no. to decide what to do. That's You've got to ask it, what can I do? That's it. What might I do? What should I do? Yeah. What could I do? And then your brain That's starts it. to there's a, yeah, there's a therapeutic There's a therapeutic intervention called future directed therapy created by this uh, psychologist named Janice Vilhauer. And she was my supervisor when I was training at Cedar sinai And I mean, genius lady, like Janice, if you're listening, I love you. <laughs> Shout out to Janice. <laughs> I love you. But, um, and she basically, it's based, it's the neuroscience behind manifestation. Yep. And the secret and why those types of things work and why neurologically, when you present your brain with a problem, so you tell yourself, I wanna stop smoking, all your brain sees is smoking. Your brain doesn't really understand the absence of something. It just understands the presence of it. So you say, I don't wanna smoke. All your brain says is smoking. You're not gonna be able to quit smoking. You're gonna keep smoking, right? But if your brain, if you decide that instead of smoking, I'm gonna eat carrots, right? So then you start thinking, I'm gonna eat carrots today. I'm gonna eat carrots today. I'm gonna eat carrots today. All your brain focuses on is carrots and not cigarettes. So you have to know what you want in order to get the things that you wanna get. So you like, basically, if you're upset at where you are and you wanna be somewhere else, that doesn't necessarily mean you're gonna end up at the mall. That means you're just not going to be where you are. Yeah. <laughs> right. So you have to have a plan. Yeah. You have yeah. to be able to present yourself with a plan. And once you present yourself neurologically with a plan or a basic idea, your brain's like, oh, you want to climb Mount Kilimanjaro? You need to figure out where that is first. But what Google about it. the person? What about, okay. So, and not everybody knows at this very place yep. in time yep. what their purpose in life is or even what they're good at. They've been telling themselves the same message for so long that I don't really know what I want to do or I'm not really good at anything. So I'm just going to stay, you know, in this cubicle and just keep, you know, hacking away at the computer and, you know, working for somebody else. How do they get to a place where they start to assess, okay, well, what am I somewhat good at or what else could I be doing? Because they have been, you know, preaching to themselves the same message for so long that they are still, that they feel clueless. Yeah, mm. so this is, this is the next step of this. So that first step was to look inward. Okay. The next step is to actually plan. So I love that Dr. Ali just, I like to call you Dr. Ali. I like it too. I love that Dr. Ali just mentioned that, which was, the plan, your brain needs a plan. And whether you, ha so there are two versions of this plan. One would be if you're clear on where you want to go. Mm -hmm. The other would be if you're unclear on where you wanna go. Mm -hmm. And so for those people who are unclear, I was unclear too once. I wanna make this really like vivid for you guys and real for you in that I'm not just like magically this person that gets it and is a guru and does what I do as a coach and as a strategist from nothing. I've actually experienced this. And before, about five years before that breakdown, I had actually gotten divorced. And at that point, I, had, I decided since I wasn't, sell, uh, I wasn't settling in that one area of my life at home where it matters most with the person I loved the most, I wasn't willing to settle anywhere else. Yes. And that was when I actually first left my co corporate communications work to pursue philanthropy because I wanted to do something that felt good to me, mm -hmm. where I was actually making a difference. Making an impact. And, and making yeah. an impact, which is when I went to, to um, I was working at the Ford Foundation, which was amazing. I love you guys. If you're, yes. any of you are listening, um, still have really great relationships there. But the point is that I decided in that moment of leaving corporate communications and not knowing where I was headed, I said, I'm going to go work in philanthropy for the time being. And I'm going to give myself five years to decide what my creative avenue is going to be. Mm. 
So what I would say is, this is why it's so important to, to be compassionate with yourself mm -hmm. and to accept where you are is because you can't just blink and magically manifest the life of your dreams. Talk about That's it. That's not how it happens. Mm -hmm. Talk about it. Right? You've got to make a plan. And if you're unsure about where to go, then the first step is to explore. And if you're going to explore, you need to give yourself space and time to do the exploring. I love that. Yes. So that's my advice for people who really are unsure about where to go. Um, but what about the security part? Because people will rebuttal with that. But I can't afford to explore. I have the responsibility of children. I have a husband or a wife. I have a mother that I'm taking care of or rent to pay. Yeah. How do they step outside of their comfort zone to explore. And my, my answer to that would be what Dr. Ali just said, mm. whereas you have to ask the question. If you're telling yourself this same story, nothing is going to change. Yep. Mm -hmm. People have wives and husbands and lives and kids and still live the lives of their dreams. They still pursue their purpose and their passion and their happiness and their joy. Yeah. The reason and the way that they do is because they're not telling themselves a statement I can't do this because I've got this. That's yeah. it. What they do is they ask themselves the question, hey, how can I create some space in my life? How can I make some time in my day? And then they start brainstorming. Yeah. So brainstorm. I brainstormed and what I landed on, I mean, I was not wealthy by any stretch. I had a little bit of savings. So I think I was unemployed for like two months mm -hmm. before, like, after okay. the corporate <laughs> and communication. And that's a scary position to be in. I mean, it was scary, but it was also like I had to give myself the room. When we pressure ourselves too much, we don't actually allow space to breathe and don't allow ourselves the time to think. So give yourself a certain amount of time and say, for two months, I am going to do nothing. For two months, if you have the luxury to do that, yeah, yeah, right? But it doesn't need to be two months. It was two months for me. Some people, I've worked with people. I've had one client, for instance, who was a catering manager, 80 hours a week he was working. Yeah. And he wants to be an event, he wanted to be an event producer, which he, side note, I'm the bomb, he is. <laughs> Congrats. <laughs> but um, Congrats, traveling Mr. the world, Client. hello. <laughs> um, but he wanted to do that and he didn't understand. He was like, how am I gonna create time in my 80 hour week? Yeah. And what he did was he just did it. He woke up an hour earlier. That's it. He slept an hour later. You can figure this out. But if you're not asking the question, you won't actually be able to devise a smart, intelligent, grounded plan because no one wants, no one's telling you to be homeless yeah. for your dreams. Exactly. It's about the way you smart. go about. And also we have to learn how to solve problems. Right. And then there's all, there's a solution to almost all problems. There's some problems. Yeah. You know, terminal illness, you know, whatever. It's hard. You know, that's something you can't always solve. But there are solutions to almost every other problem. You just have to get creative enough. Like even when it comes to kids, kids get older, kids grow. They get to a point where they're more autonomous and they can do more things on their own. So maybe you defer your dream for a year, two years, three years, until your kid's old enough to take care of themselves more so you can actually legally let them stay at home by themselves and they're 16, whatever. You know, maybe you 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 look into, you know, building relationships with other parents so that they can help you watch your kids. You know, it's like there's always a creative Start a mastermind group that baby, you know, babysitters club mastermind group. group and and then your mastermind group now becomes something and you did it from home from the first place. I mean, it's so, you know, so there's always on, something on um, that note. You guys are, you know, you're, you're you're spitting some fire right now, but we got to show some love to our spicy sponsors. Um, okay. And our spicy sponsor for today is Mod Cloth. Yep. So, y'all, I love Mod Cloth. So, at Mod Cloth, there's no such thing as an ordinary outfit. Crafted by a team of in house designers, their signature styles include hand drawn prints, standout silhouettes, and an inclusive size range that celebrates all women. It's never too early to start thinking about spring, because, like, y'all in LA, it got hot today. It's yes, real. It's fire. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't ready. That moment when you reach out for a pop of color, you know, to leave the house with a little light jacket, something like that. It's the season. It's a season that's like all about florals and 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 even more than florals. Like Makla, they have their florals, so don't don't get it twisted. But it's about even more than that. But this is a chance to truly refresh your closet. It's time to stock up on dresses and swimsuits for the season's end. Mod Cloth believes fashion should celebrate all women. That's why they're you know expanding their sizes to range from basically zero to like double zero all the way up to size 28. Oh, petite and voluptuous. Yes, my curvy sisters love them. So yeah, so got a question about fit? 
their team at Mod Stylist can hook you up with some contempt with some um com- complimentary that's the word I'm looking for complimentary <laughs> sizing and styling help yeah because you know I don't have any fashion sense so I appreciate <laughs> Mod Cloth uh, providing stylists but um, I hopped on Mod Cloth and was like shocked at how simple it was to find these affordable pieces and so I mean I got me some like comfy leggings cute high waisted jeans which are a go to for me because I like the way that they like suck my stomach in and these sexy little bralettes for when I cuddle with my papi and I even saw the cute romance matches on there yes they actually have matches <laughs> that mm. I of course ordered to spice up our candlelight dinners okay I'm just joking I'm just gonna paternal the candles for myself yeah <laughs> um but anyways i love their like affordable clothing and the checkout process was super easy and also you guys get 15 percent off your purchase of a hundred dollars or more so go to modcloth.com and enter spicy life that's s-p-i-c-y-l-i-f-e at checkout and this offer is you know only valid for one-time use and expires on june 9th 2019 so to get 15% off your purchase of $100 or more go to modcloth that's m o d c l o t h.com and enter spicy life s p i c y l i f e at checkout this offer is only valid for one-time use only and expires on june 9th 2019 so hurry up and get all of your cute clothes okay and we are back to the show okay so just a second ago be <laughs> before before we showed some love to our spicy sponsors you guys were going deep into the trenches with us. Um, Magali, you gave us um, some key factors in, you know, how do we discover, how do we, you know, figure out that it's time for like this transition? Like, what are the steps? You left off at talking about, you know, planning and, you know, telling yourself um, a different story. Yep. What's the next step? The next step is uh, possibly one of the most, it's actually the most powerful step outside of the, mindset and outside of the spirituality and and the neuroscience, it's the action. So really, you've got to begin to take action. And I always say, spirit without action is flaccid. Mm. So that's- Without works is dead, y'all. Yeah, I mean, you've (laughs) you've gotta take action on it, right? So what, you've created your plan, you've, and sometimes you were just talking about uh, taking one, deciding it's gonna take one or two or three years. Some people can't immediately make a shift and they do need to set themselves up to win. They need to set their families and their spouses up to win. Um, and sometimes giving yourself some lead time is really powerful. So right once you do that, you've got your plan, now start taking action on it. This is where an accountability partner may come into play. Yes. This is where a, a mindset, turn your book club into a mastermind. Yep. Right, get your girls on your side. This is where you really only need one person uh, to hold you, to support you in moving forward in your life. And another way to do it, if you don't wanna work with other people on this, I always say, in order to take action and hold yourself accountable, one of the best ways to do that is to do either, you gotta put something on the line. So put money where your mouth is, you might want to take a course. You might want to get a coach. You might want to uh, buy those supplies. And then second, put your image on the line. That's another one. Put your image on the line. Publicly go on social media, on Instagram, on Facebook, or uh, send an email out to your network and let them know that this by this date, you're going to be launching X, Y thing. Yep. I mean, once you do that, there you go. Most people are not... <laughs> Uh, they are not willing to look foolish. They're not willing to be embarrassed. And so that embarrassment is a way to hold yourself accountable if you don't have a mastermind or a Motivation. Person. Yeah, absolutely. And I want you guys to listen to what this woman is teaching you because this is also what we school you on when it comes to your relationships and dating. <laughs> what she just told you right now was make public that you are on the market or looking for help in a certain area. You can do the same thing when it comes to your love life too. Don't get it twisted. Um, your network Ooh, may I'm have somebody for this. you. I'm so yes, everything that your programming tells, we do with the spicy life. Like you can go, you can do this for yourself as well when it comes to your love life. What if your partner isn't on team pursue that dream. Oh. They're not on team, hey, risk everything oh, we've been working yeah. hard for for the last 10 years because now you want to be a painter or now you want to start a hair shop or now you want to go back to school Do anything risky. and become that doctor yeah. that your parents told you so, to be. So you guys, this one is really close to home, like super, super, super close to home. 
um, because I'm in the process of a divorce right now. Mm, uh, I've been separated, thank you. I've been separated for about a year and a half. And um, I have a lot of advice in this area and certainly learn from my mistakes and also be, love yourself enough to make the tough decisions and the tough choices. Mm -hmm. So I'd say that this is the advice that I have. I think it's twofold. First, for the partner who has a partner who wants to change tracks, um, for the partner who's holding space for that, you enter into a relationship to walk a path of life together. Mm -hmm. And Gil Braun has this beautiful saying, make love, not a bond. Mm. It's like one of the most, he's got this whole thing on marriage and it's so beautiful. It's read at weddings all the time. It's like you walk side by side with the person who's in your life. They have not and should not take on your identity, mm -hmm. nor should you take on and become their identity, mm. right? We walk, an ideal partnership is one where you want your partner to win in their highest self. No matter what. And no matter what the cost. Yeah. Um, assuming that they take your well-being and your wellness and your wholeness into, exactly. into consideration exactly. as yeah. well. So this is where I would say that there are two things for that partner who's holding space for someone who's making a U-turn or a left turn or right turn in their life, two things, partnership and trust. Trust that that person is smart enough, grounded enough, mm -hmm. whole enough to know what they need and to be clear in the decisions they're making. Trust that if it's a mistake, it's only going to be a lesson mm -hmm. that makes you both get stronger together. Partnership, be in partnership with that person. Your winning, your winning is their winning. Their winning should also be your winning. So if you know their heart is calling them to something, be the person that wants them to win. Yeah. So one of the things that didn't work in my relationship, um, and I'll give advice for how not to be me because I made mistakes too. I'm very responsible <laughs> in that area too. Very um, important to you take know, accountability. Totally, I take full 100% yeah. responsibility and accountability. But as the partner, listen, like don't be the person who's pointing out all the potholes on their journey. Be the person who's saying, hey, I have this great idea. Why don't you try this? Do you want to sit down with me? Ask the question. Are you open to, to talking it through? Because I have some great ideas for you. Be uplifting don't, and yeah. encouraging and be in partnership. Like if we were in partnership on a business, what would that look like? Yep. Right. You would want to be telling me when you have an idea, I would be brainstorming with yep. you. Be in partnership. Um, so those are the two things, trust and partnership. And of course, patience. Yeah, because I think what's, Be patient. So, what's so unfortunate is oftentimes our own pathology gets in the way of us relating to other people. It's this specter that always stands in between us and others. And so we have to then, like as a partner, right? If you're a partner and your partner wants to make this big about face, it's about understanding if you have some trepidation or some anxiety, why? Yeah. You know, why are you feeling this way when somebody else is making a decision that might really work in their benefit? Yep. And then making sure that your anxiety, your trepidation, and your worry doesn't become externalized as rage, anger, belittlement, rejection. You know, you really have to be able to be in control of your own feelings and experiences because I think so often we're so unaware of how our pathology comes to impact other people. Well, That's really powerful. A part of it too, though, is I like that I like the you. person that you're in the relationship with is potentially telling you that you're too about to embark on a lack of security. Yeah. And maybe you are the secure person in the relationship because usually people who are entrepreneurs, for instance, studies show have to usually typically are attracted to stability. The people mm -hmm. who want to be in this creative realm that want to pursue their dreams are usually very much attracted to the very stable, analytical, like over yep. um, thinker that provides this like platform of security for them. But for the secure person, you're a risk. Like they fall in love with you <laughs> and find out like, oh no, you're the biggest Wild risk card. ever. Which is why when it comes to like divorce entrepreneurs, um, divorce attorneys say tend to be their most frequent clients because mm. there's the money aspect that is now being depleted. There's the risk-taking aspect that scares the bejesus out of the secure person. And then there's the time management aspect that when you're in pursuit of entrepreneurship or starting or changing you know, in your career, all take into account when it comes to your relationship that affects the partner that you're with. 
what should, in your opinion, Magali, how do you provide or transition even or transform your partner's perspective or opinion, the one who is saying like, oh no, you're about to rock our world. We may not be able to pay the mortgage if you pursue your dream. Yeah, so this is where I would say, learn from my mistakes. <laughs> this is what you don't do. You ready? You ready? Okay, here's what you don't do. What you don't do is assume that they are at the same place emotionally, spiritually, mentally as you. Mm. They may not yet be ready for the kind of transition that you are ready for. And so it really does take, I'd say if I was to capture it in a word, I would say compassion. Mm -hmm. It takes compassion because sometimes it can feel uh, really painful to have someone say, well, I don't want you to make this change in your life because you're rocking my world. Mm -hmm. It can feel, it can be very easy to go right into the defense. Yeah. You don't right love into me. defense. You, you don't, don't love me. me. You don't care. You don't, you don't support me. me. You don't believe in me. <laughs> you know? And it's funny because uh, I don't know if you've ever heard of Gabby Bernstein. She's one of the spiritual uh, leaders or speakers that I love. Uh, this she's blonde hair, maybe blue eyed. She does not look like a spiritual teacher, but this girl <laughs> drops the bombs. And I went yes. to see her in re, in in a, at an event, and I actually got up because I had just decided that I was going to start changing my my business. I was mm. going to start moving into this coaching and strategy and doing all this personal development work. And my husband was not about that life, Eesh. like not about that life. And I, I got up and I asked her this question and she said, I'm going to tell you what my guru told you, which I'm now going to tell y'all is, uh, she said, you got to take the turban off and shut up. Like this is so weird and different, but also very powerful to have somebody tell you to shut up in, in public, in a crowd. But what she meant Fabulous. was when she, what'd you say? Fabulous. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I was like, I respect you. I respect you. <laughs> Take the turban off. Like, Take your turban physically? off. So okay, she, is, she was a Kundalini teacher. And as she was going through her practice, she was married as, as well. And she was so in it and like loving what she was learning. And she'd have, they wear all white, these Kundalini teachers as she's going through a training. And she'd walk home and her guru told her to take the turban off because she was having issues. She'd walk in with all the white and be like, honey, let's do kundalini. <laughs> let's sit in circle or whatever it was. And she'd be like basically speaking to him as though he was in the, the same, same place, place as her that she was in. But it's mm. like a foreign language. Yeah. He's like, well, what is going on? He's like, on? what are you doing? Who, who are you? You're not the woman I married. Yeah. Right, and so they had to come to their own understanding, but she learned to take the turban off her whites, off before she walked into the house. Which for me, what I would say not to do is don't assume that you can speak your language in your way and be on your stuff, mm -hmm. and that person just gets to come along or not. Mm -hmm. Because if you present that as an option, Listen, you come with me or we're, we're done. Right. You don't know which way that's going to go. Right. And you may end up done. You were rocking someone's world. Yeah. Right. So you've got to really be compassionate and be take be patient also and be in partnership. So how can you find a middle ground? How can you compromise and find a way to walk in? What did I say? Make love, not a bond yeah. and walk this partnership together in a way that makes you both feel OK. And mm. then also knowing your truth. So there's a point in time where either that person does get on board or something is going to change and possibly not for the better in your relationship. That is the, the real, that's the reality of life. It's what can happen. Um, it is certainly what happened to me and I'm definitely heartbroken about it. I've always been very honest about where I'm at with mm -hmm. it and I'm still healing. Um, and it's been about a year and a half, right? So I'm still healing, yeah. but I'm coming out of that. So I'm coming yeah, for you, you know Mari, your next we're ready. I'm almost ready to get I back out you, there. Boo. But Let's the point up. is that um, there does come a point where you've got to know your truth. And if you have someone that loves you, if they love you enough, they will want you to win. Mm -hmm. They will want you to live in your highest purpose and they will find a way to partner with you in that process. So no, it doesn't need to be we're homeless because you decided you wanted to change your, 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 your business or you decided yeah. you want to launch a business, but maybe it could be, let's do it this way in this amount of time. Here's how I can support you. Yeah. Here's how you can support me. Exactly. So it's really all about partnership. You also so many make options. your partner more secure too. When you have 
somewhat thought it out even and start to present a game plan. It's like you trying to pitch for um, an endorsement or a sponsorship or trying to even convince a company to hire you. If you already have somewhat of an action plan, I can get behind that and have more confidence in that than just saying, hmm, I think I'm gonna leave my job tomorrow. How do you feel about that? I think I'm just gonna like open up, you know, a clothing store. <laughs> but if I come to you and I'm like, I have thought this well out, this is what I'm thinking that I'm gifted at. This is what I think that my purpose is. This is who I'm going to reach out to. This is who, how do you feel about this? You know, is there any place that you can contribute? Like how you said, you know, having somewhat of this plan, plan. Yeah. it makes the person feel a little bit more secure. Like, damn, you have been thinking about this. Like you really took the time. Like I can get behind that. than like some hoity toity flighty. And you I care about find me. myself. Yeah. You care about me enough right to actually consider my my feelings consider what i might be thinking not going through this change and thinking we're just gonna be going about our day like we always have compassion and perspective yeah compassion and perspective and i think um it's all about one of the things i coach people in is is ways of being right i could tell you just like this hoity-toity flighty, listen, I'm changing things up and this is what I gotta do for me. <laughs> like, how would you feel if somebody just told you that, that they were just gonna implode your whole world because they just decided they're just gonna go do them. They're just like, gonna find yeah. themselves. Yeah, they're gonna go find themselves, exactly. But it's about ways of being. So how, what, if I'm going to be a compassionate person, if I'm going to be a loving person, if I'm going to be a grounded person, a uh, person in my relationship, in partnership with my significant other, what what will I do? Yeah. So if I wanna be those ways, then what action will I take? You're gonna speak a different way. Mm -hmm. You're gonna plan rather than just make, make random decisions, which side note, I did that. Mm. I would just make decisions and I wasn't asking yeah. for, not that you need to ask for permission, but I wasn't asking for partnership. Right, mm. you have to communicate. Right? You gotta communicate, you gotta ask for partnership, not permission. So sometimes we conflate the two. It feels like if I have to ask the person, then I'm asking them for permission. I like that. Ask but it's for not about that. It's about asking not for partnership. Permission. That yeah. is a spicy tip right there. Ask Ooh, for juicy, partnership, not permission. Get it, girl. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I'm here for that. You guys, you know, we always like have so much to offer you, but we have to wrap up the show. I, mean, I want to keep I'm you over here. I've been over here tapping shining, my imaginary shining, clock shining, for the past shining. 10 minutes. <laughs> shining, 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 shining. You have given us a wealth of knowledge. You guys, Amazing. if you are just tuning in Amazing. to, you know, how do you know that, you know, it's time for a transition in your life, um, be it career or love. Um, some of the things, just a recap that um, Magali gave us was go inward. You want to separate yourself from the noise. Number two was plan, figure out what makes you feel good. Um, the last one was action. Um, and also, you know, take accountability, have an accountability partner. Um, she then went into, you know, how do you um, discuss this with a significant other or maybe even a family member, you can use these tips. Um, you know, you should not try to, you know, take on or become your partner's identity. She said partnership and trust are very important elements. She also said that if you are the partner who's going through the transition, um, you know, don't be the person pointing out the potholes. Mm -hmm. If you have a great idea, you know, ask them if they're open to talking about it, be patient. And then she also said, don't assume that they're in the same place. Also know your truth um, and think about ways of being. Operate from a place that's loving and then allow your actions to follow and support that. Uh, but before we end the show, we have to do the date or dash. There's one thing that we make everybody do that comes oh in Lord, here. Oh Lord, I don't know what's coming up. Are you date dating or, dash? or are you Woo. dashing? Okay, so if you're dating, that means you're going. If you're dashing, that means you're not showing up. For a million dollars, Dinner with your ex-husbands at the same time. Are you dating or are you dashing? <laughs> For a million dollars, dinner with both of your ex-husbands at the same time. Oh my God, I am dating just to see what the hell happens. <laughs> Fabulous. Because it's more it. than one ex-husband, y'all. I'm waiting it. for number three. Who's going to be number three? I love but it. But no, oh my God, I'm so there. <laughs> yes. Okay, dinner with your ex-boss. Are you dating or dashing? Dating. Okay. Uh, dinner with your future self or dinner with your future husband? <gasps> oh, that's who are you choosing one. to date? Dinner with your future self. You get to see oh. yourself in ten years and shake your hand. All of the above. Let, it, let your this future so self juicy. know it's gonna be okay. Or tell your future husband, "Hello, boo." 
honestly, I already know my future self is going to be just as juicy as my present self. Okay. Right? Okay. okay. So I'm not worried. I'm da- I'm dating my future husband. <laughs> there you for go. sure. For sure. There you go. And the last one is um, dinner with an extraterrestrial. Are you dating or dashing? You get a chance to meet the first alien oh, ever hell on Oh, no. I am dashing. You're not going on the date no, with an I'm alien. No, I'm not about that life. It is an alien. No, no, I like to watch She's it on screen. She's not trying to get eaten I love sci-fi, alien. but I'm not trying to get eaten. I totally I'm not going to be the dinner. I'm open to that. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> okay, Megalie, let everybody know where they can find you. So, you guys, a couple of places you can find me. First and foremost, on my website, MagalieRenee.com. That's M-A-G-A-L-I-E-R-E-N-E.com. Or at Magalie underscore Renee on Instagram. M-A-G-A-L-I-E underscore R-E-N-E. Get at me, you guys. This has been awesome. Dr. Ali, where can they find you? AllisonHicks.com. That's spelled A-L-L-Y-C-I-N-H-I-C-K-S. And that's also Allison Hicks on Instagram and Twitter. And you guys can always play with my Twitter or stroke my Instagram at SpicyMati. Check us out on the SpicyLife.com. Make sure that you also subscribe to this podcast, share uh, this show with your friends, family, loved ones. Also, don't forget March Matchness, March 29th. It's an opportunity for you to uh, prove battle of the sexes, who's smarter, uh, males against females. And it's at the Continental Club. You want to get your tickets at Eventbrite.com right now and prove once and for all which gender is superior. It's going to be a fun pop culture trivia game night tickets are on sale right now and there you guys have it you have just been spiced the spicy